0: Yes, yes. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted, where we bring you conversations from professionals from all walks of life. We touch on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Now, before we get into this week's episode and I introduce my special guest, do us a huge favor and leave a rating and review of the show. How do you do that? Great question. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes or charitable.com, and it's as easy as that. This small act goes a long way in moving the podcast forward. We truly appreciate it. My guest this week is one of the greatest triple jumpers of all time. I want to do him justice, so I have to share some of his accomplishments over the recent years. He's a 10 time All American at the University of Florida, a three time NCAA champion. He's a two-time U.S. champion, a four-time world champion, a two-time Olympic champion, and the first to defend a back-to-back Olympic title since 1976. He is also second on the all-time triple jump list with a jump of 18.21 meters. My guest this week is world-renowned triple jumper Christian Taylor. I've been knowing of Christian for quite some time, met him a couple times in passing, but never actually had a conversation with him in depth until this episode. In this episode, we talk about the injury that stopped him from competing at these recent Olympic Games and defending his title. Uh, We talk about how he approaches each day from a mental and spiritual standpoint. We talk about how winning a world title actually led him seeking why he was doing track and field and how he found back the joy of the sport. We talk about how his faith and his family helped him stay grounded, how he finds balance, and the importance of mentorship and why it's important to make sure you have your priorities sorted out. And trust me, we talk about so much more. You see, most people know him as this elite athlete, and trust me, he is... But he's also one of the most personable and approachable and down-to-earth people uh, that you'll meet. This is an episode I think you'll truly enjoy. He shares a lot of great experiences and stories and advice. And he's very transparent uh, throughout this episode. Perhaps there's some things that he says today that I'm sure that you could probably apply in some stage of your life. But you know, let me stop talking so you can listen to him. So, without further ado enjoy this week's episode with christian taylor
1: hey can you, hey, hear, you, me? Can you hear me man no no nope. I, I got you now Stop. perfect man how you doing We're fine thanks how are you i'm
0: not too bad man how's the jet lag and everything you overcame it
1: yeah, no, it's that's no problem. It usually to takes me about two days um to get over that. But yeah, just trying to get back to the swing of things because I left the US thinking I was coming back in two weeks and then tore my Achilles and everything was was flopped. So yeah, just trying to get back in the swing of things.
0: Well, man, thank you so much for your time. I know you got a flight to catch a little later today, man. So I want to get you on schedule for that, but I actually want to touch on exactly what you just mentioned there, man, because I think a lot of people are curious about everything that's been happening. So um i watched the video the other day man and i don't like watching videos like that (laughs) you know what i'm saying i don't like watching videos like that you're on the runway looking smooth as always the form was looking nice the knees was coming up and then uh sometimes it looks like we can take a misstep and then you know sometimes it's kind of normal in a way but this looked a little bit different man um two-part question uh one what was your initial thoughts when that happened and you later found out that you did rupture your Achilles. And two, how uh, are you healing up?
1: Yeah, so yeah, so thanks so much uh, for this first and foremost. Um, and, and I would say that this was a very unique situation because leading up to it, I, I was having different signs in, in training and, and the preparation going into it, but with an Olympic year, like it doesn't matter, right? Like there's nothing that's gonna slow you down. There's nothing that's gonna stop you because really nothing else is more important than the Olympic games on the Olympic year um and so though I had the little signs little inclinations I I just thought you know what doesn't matter once I step on the runway like everything goes out the window um and believe it or not actually in the first um jump of that competition I partially ruptured the Achilles and so I had the same sensation as when I completely did it but yeah I took off the first jump and and I, I you know I ran through and my coach was like what's going on you know um and I just thought something feels off. It almost felt like I was jumping with a flat tire. You know, like I was just not able to get the lift that I was used to. Um, you know, the pushes felt different, but doesn't, again, doesn't matter. Olympic, <laughs> got to get that qualifier. Got to, you know, got to put that statement out there. Um, kept kept competing. The numbers were, I mean, two, two meters short of, of where I normally was. And I was just, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. But again, I just had the sensation that it was a flat tire like i just couldn't get up i couldn't get going um then the fourth jump that, that you speak of you know that was that was a final that was the ultimate the complete rupture um you know i was i was running as hard as i could try to keep things as normal as possible but i just couldn't get that lift and when i took off the board um there was nothing there there was no power there was no uh push this feeling that i'm was, I was used to doing time in and time out you know muscle memory uh, it, it was gone and and i landed back and and you know i, I Tried to basically save myself from falling over, um, got into the sand and and you know, I, I just stood there just thinking, what what just happened? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, is is now the are the Olympics over for me? Is the competition over for me? Is this going to be a short-term thing that I can bounce? You know, now we're talking six weeks from the Olympic trials, right? So all these things are are coming through my head. This is my first competition of the year. Um, my coach came over and couldn't understand. He thought maybe I tripped or, you know, and I just said, you no, know, I I have. I actually don't even have the the sensation of my foot anymore. Like, they, they felt like there was no connection. And you know, he asked me to to move my toe, move my foot, and I just said, "Look, there's there's nothing. I'm not I'm not having this signal." And we immediately went to medical, laid on the table, and the the doctors said, "Yeah, your season's over. Your your Achilles is complete, completely ruptured." And that's when I thought, "Wow, I'm not going to even go and defend a title. I'm not even going to the games at all." Um, so that was that was a hard pill to swallow. Um, and And, yeah, and now to to jump to how things are going. Um, nonstop, six days a week, I can't say seven because I like to honor the Sabbath, but um six days a week i'm I'm in the gym, I'm in the physical therapist's uh, office. I, I'm doing everything I can to to get back, but the, my mindset is is not about getting back and returning to this world. it's it's when I come back, like I, I'm coming back to be the best right? Like I'm coming back to, to still go for that world record. And so if I do something, I don't do it partially, you know, I'm all in, or I'm not going to do it at all. And so that's my mindset. How can I get back to be a better athlete, a stronger athlete, a faster athlete than I was before?
0: You know, in the Olympic year, we always have this mindset of, man, no matter what happens, we just got to go do it, right? Like 2016, You know, I had to get a PRP shot in my quad because I tore my quad. And it was second nature. I was like, yo, let's just do it and let's just go ahead and make it happen. Even reflecting back now, Christian, do you think you should have sat out that competition or sat out that jump and maybe risk it and take two weeks to recover, but you're cutting it close to that deadline? Do you think you should have took a step back when the signs were there?
1: I I think... I really enough, I think it's still too, too close um, for me to really take that reflection. I'm, I'm sure really, uh, you know, uh, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. And I think five years, well, maybe when I retire, I'll be able to properly look back. But at this time, as as you as you just said, like an Olympic year, nothing else matters. Like th- there is no plan B. There is no alternative. It, it's this is the plan that we've set. This is the goal that I'm trying to achieve. And. In anything that interferes with point a to point b like has to get out the way right so sleep didn't matter to me uh training like i was just going there to defend my title like that that was it and uh uh an injury a a jet like nothing could derail me from that cuz i was i was so uh focused on that that long term goal um i am sure with time with maturity with you know uh we'll, we'll see how my recovery comes th- maybe you know this this uh slogan like save a day uh like uh chill for a day to save a week right and and maybe if i would have passed on that competition maybe i could have but six weeks out of from the olympic trials you know it's hard to think well if i miss this opportunity what's to say in two weeks i'm gonna have it right so yeah it's, it's difficult
0: it's funny even just you saying that i'm thinking back to my situation when i was coming i was just like yo i would st- still risk it. I'm still risking it anyway. And it's probably not the, the, the best thing to do. You know, it's not the right thing to do. But in hindsight, when the human spirit is working towards something, man, you kind of block everything out. And so in that notion, Christian, man, I think, I think this happens often that a lot of people don't talk about, you know, they always talk about getting to the Olympics, being on the podium, and you've done all of that. You've You've won 2012, you won 2016, you're going for a didn't, was able to defend it for a third time, but the injury happened that took you out of it. Now, when the adrenaline wears off, Christian, you got to sit with your thoughts, man. I think, I think too many times, uh, we forget that the mind plays so much more tricks on us. And when we're in the sport in practice, we're distracted for an hour, maybe two hours, but when you have to sit with your innermost thoughts, man, um, what was going through your head when you're sitting at the couch trying to watch TV or whatever the case may be, because Olympic talk is everywhere. What was going through your head during that time, man? Were there some moments where you said, man, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do this anymore. Did that ever cross your mind?
1: No, it's coming back for me was, was never a question. Um, My biggest challenge was figuring out what was going to be, what motivational factor would be strong enough to almost surpass the the physical setback so being motivated, keeping that that fire burning like i'm I'm very good with this um I've, I've always been very good at internally uh, motivating myself to to crush training to crush the gym to to yeah you know, so that's not but for me I, this is my first surgery right so for me this was unknown territory and when I was in the hospital bed, and watching previews of the olympic games right so uh you you could see table tennis players so all you know the olympic channel was going on and i was sitting there not even able to put weight on my foot you know i thought like how did i get here what what is happening and as i was hopping around as i was on the crutch i i was really challenged to, to figure out what was going to be strong enough for me to focus on every single day to get me into the gym to get me you know, like, how was I going to be able to surpass that two-time Olympic champ? How was I going to be able to pass that four-time? Because I knew what I was focused on in those moments was so strong, but now I need to find something stronger to to not just get me to that point, but to get me beyond that, right? And so, um, as, as everyone says, finding that why um, has, has been, this is what I've been doing a lot of self-reflection on, but what really got me out of the hospital bed, what now is driving me six days a week is, is ultimately that my career is not about me, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when I play into my faith card, when I I think about the legacy I want to live, when I think about what my career was ultimately about, I've now with maturity have come to a point um, that, that this was, I, I've always wanted to entertain. I've always wanted to, to share joy, to share hope, to inspire. Um, and I, you know, I reflect back to the 96 Olympics, right? So I'm from Atlanta and the 96 games were in Atlanta. And and I think of, you know, my parents taking me there, t- showing me what elite, showing me what the top uh, sports uh, realm looked like, right? And they said, whatever you do, whatever, it doesn't have to be like, I was not in track and field at that time, but it was whatever you do, like strive to be the best at it. And I remember seeing Michael Johnson. I remember the gold shoes, you know, the reason I have the gold chain and the gold is because of him, <laughs> right? So I was like, I want to be like that, right? And. I thought now I'm put in a position where maybe younger athletes can look to me, look to my career and think I aspire to be like this. And this is now my motivation that's getting me in the pool, in the weights, you know, all the stuff that that's honestly sucks at this moment. I'm thinking I'm doing it to to be that inspiration for somebody else.
0: When. When did that switch for you, Christian? Because I think, right, you know, we're all all doing things for other people in a little bit to some extent, right? But then there's also that switch at the front that says, man, I want to see how far that I can go. I want to see what the best that I can be. I want to do this for me and this and that. But I think a switch happens when you can bring other people, other things into your life. And that really relieves some of that stress and that added pressure to it. So when did that switch kind of happen for you, one, and... How has your faith helped you through your career, Christian? Because a lot of people, we got to find the, the things that make us grounded. And sometimes people are searching for so many other things, and it's not always a positive thing. But how has your faith helped you throughout your career?
1: Yeah, so uh, to answer the first part, the, the, the switch that went off for me was in 2014. Um, so this is when I was learning how to now jump off the other leg. You know, so I, I was World Olympic champion on my left leg then had a lot of uh, platelet tendonitis, had a lot of knee issues. Was basically in this holding pattern, this maintenance training plan and thought I would never be able to reach my goals, become world record holder doing the training I was doing. Had to set back, erase the board, restart. 2014, I had a year to just find out my love for the sport again. I was running, you know, doing world relays. I was running 400 again, because that's that's really what I love. I wish I was a better 400 meter runner. I have a passion for it, but I'm a I'm a decent jumper, and and you know I, I just thought you know what I just need to find the love. Why am I doing the sport? And that became very self centered, right? Like what what do I love about it? And it was running. It was it was the joy of of learning how to jump again. So that was 2014 for me. Um, but then also in 2014 I started mentoring, and when I start I got connected with a program called Classroom Champions, and this really connected Olympians with with students and teachers. Across the U.S. and Canada, and with this, um, you know, it was it was just the opportunity that it really simplified everything, right? So I was so gun ho on. I want to be the best in history. I I want to I want to you know be the first person to run this and jump this. And when I spoke to these kids, they were just like, cared nothing about that. Matter <laughs> like, yeah, you 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 jump, I can jump too. You run, I can run. You know, and it was like, wow, we're actually not so different, right? And and that was, that was a humbling, but also grounding moment. And, and when I share my goals with them, you know, cause we have a goal setting thing, we have a perseverance lesson. And when I share these things with them, I'm saying, guys, like, I'm preparing for the Olympics. Or I'm preparing for world championships. I've had a setback, but like, I really believe I'm capable of doing this. Most of the kids are like, just do it.
0: Mm. Right.
1: And that's it. Like you want to jump farther, jump farther. <laughs> you want to run faster, run fast. And, and for them, it's so simple, but in reality it is right. Like, I just got to train harder. I just got to push harder, and so that was very humbling for me uh, and, and a very uh, grounding situation. But I think that was really the seed that was planted that started to stir up everything uh, with my mindset of, of now competing for something greater than myself. And then when it comes to faith, um, this ties in too, right? Like uh, with with the faith, we we are on this earth to serve. We're on this earth to 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 really spread hope and joy of of eternal peace, right? And and with this mindset. I wanted to use my platform whether social media I wanted to use uh my career to to do that like I wanted to entertain I strive to to bring excitement and and, and joy and, and and uh be that uh I don't know that that seed that someone could look at me and say well if he can jump this far I can do it too but at the same time I wanted to be able to say look my career was not based off my abilities based on my capabilities it was really a gift from God everything was a gift
0: Hey man, you preach, you're preaching that good stuff, that's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, Shout out to Steve Messer, though, with Classroom Champions, man, great organization, man. Uh, But let's go back a little bit, man. Let's go back to Sandy Creek High School, man, because honestly, when the the first time that I actually heard about you, I actually saw you doing the four, right? And I'm like, yo, I I think you ran like 45, 7, 45, 8. And I'm like, man, this guy's rolling, and then I hear somebody across like the track screaming, you just got beat by a jumper, right? And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, he jumps, right? So take me back to Sandy Creek High School, man. How did you get started? Because from what I understand, you used to play football a little bit too. Now, Christian, a lot of athletes, right? You mentioned another sport that they play, especially in track and field. They say they are nice, right? They, they, they talk at all these different stats. When you were on the football field, though, Christian, what, what 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 type of what type of what type of guy were you were you were you nice were were you what position did you play give me a little bit yeah. on that man and keep it and give me the truth man did you have some game on the on the gridiron
1: um so i'm gonna be really honest with you I, <laughs> I can jump i can i can run obviously um but the problem was even with with soccer right so soccer was my first love like i don't have the agility the left to right so Straight line, like I'm good, maybe even with a curve, but you know, like I, I so I was a wide receiver, um, just because of the height and the jump ability. But the problem was, like, these cuts, like, you know, some people would just got that agility, right? Um, and and the footwork that's that's what everyone said, like, they some people just got like nasty footwork. That was not my gift, right? I, I'm, I'm good, you want to send me in a vertical, maybe even a slant where I just have to hit like one, but. <laughs> yeah. When, when people are doing like hitch, you know, like you running, stopping, turning, uh, faking to somebody out, going, no, this was not my thing. And the coach was always like, work on your footwork, ladder drills. Like I was doing ladder drills like crazy. But then to be really honest, the thing that got me out of football, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I can, like, the reason I love track and field is you run, you jump, whatever. And it's just like, all right, man, like later, right? So I, I <laughs> love the minimal contact. With football, you are constantly being... Touch tackled, uh like this constant contact. And now, I mean, with COVID, this would not be a problem. But for me, I was like, "Get off of me!" Sometimes yeah. I would be down the field, and someone would hit me out of nowhere. And I'd say, <laughs> it's a running play. Why are you? Why are you hitting me? And I used to get so frustrated. And to be really honest, I would be fighting on the on on the field with my teammates. So, but I would just get so annoyed. And my coach said, "Yeah, that's football, right?" But yeah. then if I do this in a game it's flagrant, right? So yeah. it's unsportsmanlike. So I'm thinking, well, you're sending mixed messages. So I can't hit somebody <laughs> in the game, but my, my teammate can light me up in, in training. So this this constant battle was was just too much for me. And I just like, you know what? Football is not my thing. I, I got hands, I can jump, I like all this, but the footwork was, was really what held me back. But the constant, constant, like, I mean, you do a good play, someone's slapping me in my head. I'm like, I mild, did a good thing. Mild concussion in the head. Right. Like, I did like, a good thing. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? You can be like, hey, good. No, they were like, yeah, hitting, hitting me in my face. The coach was grabbing me. And I just thought, you know what? This is not my sport. So don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a big Florida Gator. I'm When when the Gators are playing, I'm going crazy. But you will not find me on the field again. Because I'm like, nah, it's too much contact. Um, Yeah, and, and so for me, even to just get into track and field, to get, like, what when I first uh, started doing club track, the coach said, I don't care what event you do from shot put, discus, triple jump, um hammer, no matter what you do, you will run the 400 because everyone is scared to run the 400. And every day, no matter what we did in training, every day we had something called the final 4 and it was he would p- place you basically based off your event or your speed and stuff like this and you would take off and when he said go, the next person would take off and your goal was to catch the person in front of you. <laughs> Yeah. But then at the same time, you cannot be caught from the person behind you. And so this was, this taught you competitiveness. I mean, this was my first time I was a, introduced to adrenaline, like, you know, because you're running scared, but at the same yep. time, you're also trying to catch the person. But if you got caught, you had to do another 400. Right. So it was just like, you were like, you're not catching me, not at the end of training. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this was really like, I, I think my initiation and, and introduction to four by four, to, like the competitiveness of, of, of the 400, you know, all these things. And, and that just became my bread and butter that, that became my passion. Like I was like every day, you're not catching me. And obviously the faster you get, the faster people are behind you, but also in front of and so it was just every day. We just had this joy of, of running. And so that's when I said in 2014, I found my love for the sport again, because that, that was the core of it. I, I knew I loved running and the joy brought me, I mean the pain, like I'm throwing up every, every time I run the 400, but it, there is something beautiful about it.
0: When you started uh, track and field, right, running and jumping, you know, sometimes people say the moment that I caught a football, I knew this is what I wanted to do. The moment that I dunked the basketball, this is new, something I knew that I wanted to do. When that happened for you and like, you know, when things started going well, did you know, did you feel like this could be something here? Because I know you went to World Juniors as well, too. Right. Did anything along that time uh, say Man, I think I have something here. I want to see how far that I can go. Did, did any of that click for you right away?
1: Yeah, so my light bulb moment was really 2007. I went to World Youth Championships, didn't even know what this was about, um, won, and uh, was really started being recruited uh, from, from colleges, right? So, uh, you know, universities were reaching out and, and I just thought, wow, what is this, right? Like, so this was basically my meal ticket, you know, because my parents were like, we're not paying for school. So you were too athletic for us to pay for something you better figure it out, you know? And so that's when football went to the side, soccer went to the side and I was like, okay, I'm just going to be a, a track athlete. Um, but yeah, so so really when I was 17, I, I won world youth and I was like, okay. And then the next year I went to world juniors. And, you know, so I got my scholarship at Florida and and really uh, five months later, I was uh, in, like uh, NCAA indoor champion, right? And so I thought, wow, I'm jumping. I jumped 16, 90, 99 or 98 at that time. But I just thought, five five months in i'm in the sec which is you know almost regarded as the toughest conference in in ncaa you know so i was like i'm with the big guns and now i'm national champ right so i was sec champ i was national champ and that's when i started looking at world rankings and things like but i thought there's something there
0: christian before we actually get to the florida side because you know i'm a i'm a crimson tide so we're not going we're not going to get into that right but you know you mentioned uh your parents man um you know, I think I think this is one thing, especially as Black males, that we often don't see two parents in the household as much as other um, ethnicities, man. Um, I want to ask you, man, what was that dynamics growing up for you? Because I know you have a sister as well, too, correct? Uh, what was that right. like? And man, what are some of the things that your parents instilled in you? Because every person that I ask or have asked, you know, especially Steve Messler, one of the things that he always says about you is like, man, Christian is very very grounded, he's very. He's a very respectful guy. Where does that come from? Because a lot of things that we are able to give to the world, we mirror it from other places, right? What, what was the family dynamics like for you? And what were some things that your parents said to you that stuck with you?
1: Yeah, that's great. And I'm, I'm really appreciative that you can bring this up because now I can give them a little shout out, give them some love. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was brought up in a, in a Caribbean household, right? And so uh, if, if, if you know about the Caribbean, first and foremost is academics. For yes. everything There's academic
0: no <laughs> anything else go to school
1: <laughs> exactly and so um i i feel like i was blessed to have the yin and yang so my mom is very uh academic very scholar driven uh my dad is very athletic driven right and so the problem but i don't say the problem the reality was that my mom had the final say and <laughs> if my grades weren't up there was no sports right so regardless of my talent, regardless of my dreams, my mom was like, if you're not taking care of the academics, you're not going to practice, you're not like, so you're not going to do what you love, right? And so I think having this uh, as a foundation uh, was very important for me because it, it, of course, gave me the ability to, when I'm in a position, I have to hang up my spikes, I'm going to be able to get a job, I'm going to be able to to function in this world. Um, But it also showed me what was, what was really important in life, right? Because Athletics is what you do, but your brain and and, and what you know is, is who you are, right? And so, um, you know, and, and even when I got to university, uh, the reason I went to Florida is because uh, when when Mouse recruited me, uh, you know, he was really my parents and him aligned because on, on our visit, he said, look, I'm going to try to get Christian to the Olympics. You know, I'm going to try to make him the best athlete he can be. But know that when I'm recruiting, I'm recruiting a student athlete. And student comes first because that's a priority. If you, it's not about being eligible. We're not. We're not just trying to make it. We're not trying to have people on the cusp. You, we are trying to have the strongest, um, you know, cumulative GPA in the SEC. Like these are things that meant something to him. And for for my mom, that was the like the light bulb went off, and she was like, "Florida's the school for you." Don't get me wrong. I went to other schools, and they were like, "You're going to be Olympic champ. You're going to be fast. You're going to be far." Um, yeah. we're, we're party central, and my mom was like. I'm not interested. You could have all the national champions in the world. My son is going to get his degree. So I I think having this balance was very important, but ultimately knowing and prioritizing academics was 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 key and i've seen now uh how this has actually set me up for the rest of my life right we can have a, a, a an educated conversation we can we can talk about um things that are more than i, I don't know a shoe collection or or you know a game uh, gaming um not to take away from esports i know this is now a thing but you know uh i i think that's that having uh conversations and being able to contribute uh, to, to society is also very important.
0: Man, I think it's very important, man. And thanks for sharing that because, you know, the, the foundation of a person, uh, if you are able to have, you know, both parents in the home or both grandparents them or whoever is raising you, man, you, you can't take that for granted. I think too many times we let that slip and slide. Um, but man, when you got to Florida, right? Distractions, we got to talk about distractions, right? Because, you know, you, you're... <laughs> you go from high school to Florida where everything is bigger. You know, football games, there's a whole bunch of parties happening and you have to find time to learn the schedule of a student athlete. And man, that's a full-time gig, right? But tell me a little bit about that process for you, Christian, especially your first year adjusting to it. You got to go train, you got to go to class, you got to go to study hall maybe, and all of those things. Because for me, in my situation, I went from a junior college to Alabama and my GPA fell from uh, 3.2 to uh, 1.9 I had to take summer school right because I just couldn't understand wait you have SECs on Thursday and you got to leave on Sunday I was like what what type of what type of mess is this <laughs> right so walk me through that first year of just trying to balance the whole new schedule.
1: Yes. Yeah, so this was definitely a transition. And, and the things, uh, you know, I, I really want to push mentorship, right? This is this is so important for for middle school, for high school athletes. It's more than just going, uh, you know, you're, you're leaving the house, you're leaving the nest. No, no, no. Like, there are some reality checks that hit you and will ultimately make or break you, right? And so I, I would tell you, if I was not grounded, if I didn't have the upbringing I had, if I did not have the mentors I had coming in, my first day when i moved into my dorm i had three other roommates and they were already talking to me about going to a party that night (laughs) right so i I, i'm just being very real like this is going to be knocking at your door like my parents were helping me move in and they were like we got it we got it hey um do you want you guys want to go uh there's a big party a a big fat party tonight and i thought this is university like this is crazy right you know i think we were talking about orientation, getting your schedules. They were already trying to party. Um, then on, on, on top of this, right, like it is balancing sport and school. So you're now going to work with an academic advisor, but your classes are going to be at 8 a.m. You, then you're going to have study hall. Then So you're going to have to put all, in all these hours, plus be able to, to train full time. And it's exhausting at the beginning, you know. So I remember the first week, I was just flat out dead because, I was I had this super early uh, class, so I think I was I was in class from maybe seven or eight until three, and then we had practice at three thirty. Then we were uh, at practice from three thirty to maybe six o'clock. Then we had like dining hall at at six thirty seven. Then I had study hall from eight o'clock to to ten o'clock, and then I had my roommates that wanted to have a nightlife, right? So. Trying to juggle this in the first week because I didn't want to be the lame roommate, right? So they were like, "Hey, we're going." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I can do maybe one or two hours." I was up to 1:30 to just do it again. This is not sustainable, right? So I quickly was just like, "I cannot do this, guys. Good luck." Um, but you, when I'm I say all this to say, like, if you have a mentor, if you have somebody that can just plant the seed, hey, this is what this is what you're going to be uh, introduced to. It's not i I think college is a time of life where you find yourself and you know you 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 basically see how far you can be stretched and and you you find out you know what you can take on which but at the same time if you have this in mind you can say look i i can try a little bit but i know the most important thing is my academics then i need to be actually a, a really good teammate i need to make sure that i'm taking care of my job on the track to become a better athlete but also as you know um, it's, it's the team spirit. The team camaraderie is very important. If you're not holding your own, you're going to have that difficult conversation with the coach. Like you're here on scholarship. Um, you're not taking care of your thing. We're going to find somebody else that's going to, right. And and I've had that reality check, you know, believe it or not. So many people look at the outside and say, man, you won nationals. You've, I've had the coach be like, dude, I understand you were talented, but talent is not going to get you all the way. Like you, something's got to give. And that's when I was like, okay, this nightlife, like I got to stop right? Because I, if I'm going to be the athlete I want to be, if I'm going to basically live up to to the athlete that he's recruiting me for, something's got to give. And, and that's when the priorities uh, came into place.
0: It's funny, man. You know, you can do a lot of things, but you can't do everything at certain positions, right? So it's very important to understand that, man, whatever you do, there's something else that comes behind it. You want to be great or you want to party, but you can't really do both. They both have an expiration date before one trumps the other, man. But you just spoke about being a great teammate, and a lot of uh your competition to become an NCAA champion was right there in your home camp with Will Clay, man. Walk me through a little bit about that relationship training together um, and then going to competition. And I mean, you guys talk a little mess to each other. I know it, I know it happens a little bit, Chris. I know oh, it happens absolutely. a little bit. Man. So, what, tra- what's that? Training
1: was, yeah. Training was more brutal than I think, I've ever experienced in my life, right? So we had trash talk like I've never experienced. Um, I mean, we were really getting after it day in and day out. We were so competitive um, and and we were competing in the classroom, we were competing in the weight room, we were competing with the nutrition, you know, like how, how's your weight? Oh, this is my weight, right? We were competing ab challenges. I mean, we were so competitive um, and then Omar Craddock came, you know, a, a year after also. So, I mean, in, in the jumps department, we were, Unstoppable. We had the top three jumpers in the world, not even you know in, in uh, college, but everything we did, and it got to the point where it was too competitive, right? Like we were having full blown SEC championships on a Tuesday at the crib, right? <laughs> and and that that just doesn't make sense. And again, when I talk about sustainability, you cannot keep this right. So the coaches would actually separate us because every if we did drills, it was who's who was the best at the drills, who was the fastest at the drills. Water break. Okay, who can go and get the water? And come back and and so this was healthy and unhealthy at the same time. But then I mean, this dynamic would just got into the position when we built this confidence and we also built this connection with each other. That every competition we went to, we knew when it was Will and I that that's it. Like we knew it was just this is just another day of practice. And we would say that many coaches would say, "Hey, this is the championship or this is the a, a dual invite," and, and they would hype. our coaches would say, "Guys, this is another day. This is another day of practice." Because the same thing you guys did on Tuesday would win this competition today. The same thing you did on Friday would win this competition. So you guys have fun. And, and, you know, so that was our rah-rah. It was like, you don't need to do anything out of body, anything special. Do what you did on Tuesday. And we carried that all the way to, to World Championships, to the Olympic Games. Like, this is what Will and I would do. You know, so, of course, we would trash talk to push each other. We would trash talk to get that fire going. But ultimately, when we were at the championship, we weren't thinking about the competitors, we were we were just like, hey, we do this day in, day out. We don't need to learn how to jump. We don't need to, to try something special. We're jumping almost 18 meters in training. We're jumping 58, 59 feet week in, week. Hey, get on the board and like I'm gonna be ready to respond. And when when I jump, you better be ready to respond. And that was that was kind of the the dialogue that we would have, but we just had this confidence like no other. What
0: was what was your favorite college meet, Christian, right? Because um, I know there was, I forgot what year it was, but uh, but uh, Will jumped and he was on your last jump and you got him on the last jump, right? And this honestly happens a lot of times in your career when you think about it, right? On this last jump, you know, uh, you muster everything up and you do what you have to do to get done. Christian, how do you handle pressure, man? What goes through your head? Because... You know, the saying, the saying, uh, pressure makes diamonds and pressure bursts per, uh, bust pipes. But I've always been a firm believer, man, that in a pressure situation, you don't do anything different. You just trust your training, all right? How do you handle pressure? Like on that last jump,
1: what's going through your head? How do you handle it? But this is exactly how I train, right? So I told you about this dynamic that that we were having in training. Best believe that on a Tuesday, we were already envisioning the Olympic Games. Right, so we weren't we weren't jumping at SECs. We weren't jumping at the dual, the Florida State Florida uh, dual invitational. We were saying this Olympic final and and the coach because we had several coaches in this time, but the coach would just say, "Hey, here's Will's marker. Here's Christian's marker. We've got six jumps today, no more, <laughs> no less. If you don't get it right, that's on you. You have to wait till Friday." And we would have that's what I'm trying to say is we practice how you compete. You know, it's like that Michael Jordan uh, mentality, right? Like. You train hard because you're preparing your body for it. when it's game time, when it's crunch time, you want to you want the coach to say, I'm giving you the ball. Mm. Right. And this is the mentality that we had day in and day out. We everything we were doing, it was like six round. Who's gonna who's gonna have bragging rights until Friday? And then on Friday we jumped again. And who's gonna have bragging rights until next Tuesday? And and know that Wednesday, Thursday, we were just trash talking like you, you remember what I did to you on Tuesday, right? So so we these bragging rights and and my wife could tell you i'm very petty I'm, I'm i'm very like i love trash talk so every time we cross paths i'm gonna make you remember i was the last one that won right and that just started up that got that flame going and that's why it took some time where the coaches were like we need to separate you two because there was not a lift there was not a there was nothing that we that we didn't do day in and day out that was not Thinking and pushing us to those pressure situations. I was dealing with pressure every day. So to be in these high pressure s- scenarios was nothing. It was nothing. Because I had this every single day. And that just carried over into my career. So from world championship, Olympic Games, when some people were saying, I hope to be in the final, I hope I can have a personal best. I would say, Will, we've we've done this two weeks ago. It's another day. It's another day in Gainesville. It's <laughs> another day, right? So and and when you put yourself there it was like okay it's me and you let's go and time after time we were one and two one and three right i I think that it's just because that's that's the dynamics that's that's the feeling that we had 2012
0: you became olympic champ 2016 you did it again what was the difference between the two right because here you were you saw the games in 92 or or sorry 96 where you were saying man i want to i want to do that one day and then it comes to happen. Sometimes when we reach a certain position, right, and we get there, and the feeling may not be like what we thought it was, right? You may be excited, but then it may go saying, I wonder what else that I could do. What was the difference between those two games for you? When you won in 2012, was it that feeling you thought when you were a kid, or was it just that more hunger?
1: Yeah, if, if I'm, I'm going to be very open and honest with you, uh, in 2012, uh, I was... I was pleased but also dissatisfied. I, I was actually disappointed because this is something I chased for 20 years. And I made it. I was world and Olympic champion. And I thought, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That that's what I that's what I dreamed. That's what I chased. That's all the, the times I was sick, all the the snow I was training through, that's it. Like it's I hear the national anthem. I'm on top, I bite the medal, I take my pictures. Okay, thank you. Like, and okay, I went home and I shared them. But I and I I tell you because this was very self centered. This was very Christian focused. Me, right? It was like I'm working towards this. I can't wait to prove that I'm the best in the world. Me, 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 me. Got to this high, and it's very lonely. Like that saying, "It's very lonely at the top." It's it's true. Yeah. You know, you have all these people like you, the man. Congratulations. And I did it, right? I did the after parties. I, I did it all. Came back and I was thought, that's it. And that actually took me to a depression because I I was expecting this euphoria. I was expecting, and it put me to a really, really dark depression. You know, I, I thought, now, now what? Two years as a professional athlete, where's there to go, right? Like I did everything I, I sought after. Okay, maybe I need to, win this competition. maybe I need to have this meeting record, but these whys weren't strong enough, right? Like ultimately I was chasing, I need to be an Olympic champ. <laughs> That's far off. If I make the Olympic final, every, every press conference I did, they said, it's your first Olympics, you know, come have an experience, you're going to learn a lot. So your second one, you're going to be prepared. I won. <laughs> so then I was like, now what? Yeah. Right? I had the experience, but where'd you go from here? And that took me to a dark, dark place. Um, again, this was why 2014 was such a, a transitional year. This is why, you know, I had the heart change. I had everything because it no longer was about me. Then the problem was 2016, I went in as the reigning champ. So the bar is very high. I had all this pressure, but then I took my mentorship to too, too heart, right? So it was no longer, I'm competing for myself. It was, well, now I've got to win for my kids. Right, like these kids are counting on me. They're saying they believe in me. They know I can do it. I've got to do it, and this almost consumed me. You know, I, I ended up winning, but then I I had the I I felt the weight of the world, right? And so then I was crying on the podium, and and uh, was actually in shock. But I just thought I I didn't want to let people down, and now it got me to the point where you know when I was in the hospital bed, I I want my career to be about me. But now again, now it's so faith centered that I'm like. But i know god loves me regardless of my performance right i know my identity is not on how far i jump how fast i run um but i just want to spread hope i want to inspire but i i had to take that pressure off and ultimately pressure is what you put on mm-hmm. right yeah and, and i think that's really important for people to know
0: christian what would you say to someone man with the let me rephrase the question with the pandemic still we're all still dealing with it with the impact it made in 2020 um, and the things that it's done to people, both physically and mentally, and, you know, people trying to rebuild in so many different ways. We're all still recovering from it, man. What would you say to someone listening, Christian, who is really feeling the, the heaviness on their shoulders, in their mind, in their hearts, man? What, were, what are some things that you could say or would say from your experience that would help uplift them and, 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 and make the
1: day or the week a little easier for them? the best, the best gift tool, anything, the best thing I could give you at this time is get into the word. Um, this is obviously very believer based, but it, you know, it talks about what you're building on, what you're standing on. And I'm going to be very honest. I was, I was shaken and rocked during the pandemic, right? Like the Olympics uh, were postponed and eventually lost for me. Um, at this time, my fiance, my fiance and I, you know, she's uh, was in Europe. She was stuck in Europe. I was, I was stuck in the U S so I was, you know, away from, from my best friend. Uh, my family is in Atlanta. So, you know, being distant. so everyone can relate to this isolation, uh, feeling. And we were also being told to socially distance. Right. So my heart was torn. I, you know, I wasn't able to have the, the same, um, interaction with people, but then it was the, the best thing I got out of this time was, was starting a, a, like a, a guy's, um, Bible study group. You know, and it was just like look we're all struggling and we can be vulnerable this we can be disappointed this time. Um, There was a lot of the black lives matter movement, you know, a lot of killings and stuff so the pandemic was was really hitting people in a lot of different ways. Um, But then it was just like when regardless of what's happening in the world, like what can we stand on what is consistent through through time through generation and it was just getting into the word and, and hearing like what what we can stand on what we build on where our identity lies who who we really are it's not about what people are saying who we are you know it's, it's knowing who we really are what we've been created to do finding your purpose um you know all these things and so i w- i would just say like for for those non-believers um I, w- I would challenge you to you know to seek out the truth um you know take some time and 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 give give the bible a chance give give god a chance right and, and um, I, I think you have nothing to lose and, and everything to gain. Um, you know, and, and for those believers that that are struggling, I understand where you're going through. Um, the encouragement I can give you is is what helped me was was figuring out who God really is and the heart He has for me.
0: Man, um, that's beautifully said. I can't echo that enough. And and and, and even if you're not a, a believer just yet, the, the scripture teaches principles. Right. And, and and one of the scriptures that has always helped me in my life is Galatians 6, verse 9. Do not be weary for doing good for at the proper time. Uh you reap a harvest if you don't give up. And I think not giving up in the midst of a dark moment is the is is is, is the thing that's going to help us get through it. Um, Christian, last last five questions, man. Fun five questions shouldn't be too taxed, should be pretty easy, man. Question number one If you were trapped on a deserted island for a week, what are three things you would take with you?
1: Um uh what is it desalitate what's, what's the thing that that separates water salt water uh water you know so the thing that, that helped me make fresh water uh
0: canteen is it a canteen right no, no it's not a canteen
1: saladizer. well anything something to make fresh water that's first and foremost um can I bring my wife
0: yeah you can bring the wife absolutely
1: yeah. okay bring my wife um and maybe hammock
0: we don't want to get sand in the body, you know what I'm saying? We gotta have <laughs> <an> elevation.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, all the all the killer things are crawling, right? So I think if I can get elevated somehow, that's that's how I survive. It works with naked and afraid.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I like what you're thinking about, man. Question two: I know you're big on shows, man, and you know in the '80s, '90s, 2000s, we had some bang on spot shows, man. What are your top five favorite shows of all time? Now, Christian, people are listening. Right. So you they're gonna be angry if you missing one, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um Jamie Foxx show, Bernie Mac. Um also, those are two. I, I love comedies, just so you know. Um 24. I don't I don't know if you remember this one.
0: Uh the uh the uh the crime show, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um uh so it's like with Jack Bauer and stuff like this. Prison Break.
0: ooh. ooh. Um,
1: I think they kept going, but I I didn't watch it so long but yeah original prison break um and then how i met your mother
0: hey man that's a list right there man uh number three i know you're big on coffee right if you could have five guests at your coffee table for two hours Ooh. of uninterrupted conversations just you your guests and coffees man who would be at the table of christian taylor
1: obama for sure <sighs> Maybe both. Michelle, yeah, and Barack.
0: We'll just combine them. We'll just combine okay. them.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I like that. Thank you. Um, George Clooney, uh Denzel Washington, Jesse Owens, and to be honest, Martin Luther King. Mm. Hey, that'd be an interesting
0: conversation. I think it would be a
1: mix of, yeah, just so many, but yeah, that would be good.
0: Question four man. Um, I think I think one of the hardest things for um, every person, doesn't matter what your profession is, is trying to find balance, right? And and, and for you, you know, you got to train, you know, now you're recovering back from the injury. There's a lot of effort that goes into that. Um, you're married now. So you also got to spend time with your spouse and you got to spend time in the word and spend time for you, man. How do you handle balance and, and, and how do you navigate through that? And what is one thing that you got to do for you every day?
1: Um, so the, the thing I could say to cover everything, priority. It's all about priority, whatever you prioritize, you're gonna find time for, Um, or to make it very easy, whatever you love, you're gonna fight, you're gonna, so you will make time for the things that you love or you prioritize. So um, yeah, I always start every day with the word, like before I even get out of bed, right? Like that's that's how I start my day. Um, And then obviously uh, having coffee with my wife and things like this, but it's like, just making sure you set aside time for these things. uh, This is how you find that balance um what was the second part
0: um what what like how do you how do you find uh the balance of it and um the one thing you actually answered all of it already man oh, okay. cool <laughs> now that i think about it uh last question last one man um six titles right ncaa titles all american all of that um but also all of the great things that you're doing off the track with mentorship and you know being a person of being a person who is following Christ and which way that he may be leading them, man. Um, if there was one word to describe you, Christian, what would that one word be? And give me a little context behind why.
1: Oh, uh I, I would say searching. Um, you know, i I, I believe I'm still uh, or progressing. Um, but yeah, it would be a word that is that is for sure not final, but sure seeking out um again purpose and 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 you know i just want to make sure that at the end of the day when when you know when we're at judgment day that i'm hearing well done good and faithful servant right and so i just don't want to um whether the books we've read and things i just want to make sure that i'm doing what i'm called to do and and sometimes you have to be very careful with this because you try to take on a lot of things um or take on too many things that you know you believe can be your purpose or or and it's not close to what your calling is. But the thing is, I just, I'm a doer and I don't want to ever think that I miss opportunity, right? And so um, you don't make the shots you don't take. I'm trying to shoot in every basket possible and see what lands. But um, yeah, I I would just say maybe progressive or, or, or seeking. I just, it's something, a work in progress.
0: Man, I know you have a lot of things in the works, a lot of things happening, man. You're one of the most personable people that I've met in the sport today, man. How do people keep in contact with you, man? And uh, you message Christian, he going he gonna to respond at some point, yeah. man. So how can people keep in touch with you, man? And, and, and what are some of the things that you are working on right now? How can they support?
1: Yeah, thanks, Akeem. Um, yeah, so uh, first and foremost, please, please hit me up on social media. I am managing my social media, so... This does come sometimes with delays if I'm traveling if I'm busy like yeah if I I had a manager i'm sure you get quick reply, but the thing is, if when you do get a reply, it is me Um, so yeah please follow and 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 message me feel free to message me at tailored to jump. and, and outside of that, again, you know, shout out to classroom champions, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Steve Messler he's doing great, great things with this nonprofit. We're really touching the lives of hundreds of thousands, you know, across the Americas, um, and, you know, continue trying to find ways to grow, but we we know our future lies with them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really important that we can just um, continue that mentorship, continue to, to plant seeds uh, that can help them have better life experiences and and yeah um you know so you can find me classroom champions you can find me uh on the track or in the sand somewhere uh but at taylor to jump don't feel don't be afraid to, to shoot me a dm because i'll respond you know when i can man thank you
0: so much for your time man safe travels out and i appreciate your time again Coach.
1: thanks so much Akeem. stay safe
0: later man thanks